That's always a good sign when it says that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. Mary Meet, my name is Amberly, and I'm so happy to have you joining me today. I have someone else joining me, and I am so excited to introduce. Uh, she is an award-winning author of five amazing books, is ordained through the Order of the Golden Griffin, and an extremely talented tea artist. She has such a close bond with all things green that she has been described as an arcane alchemist. She's also a self-defense instructor. Please join me in welcoming the multi-talented Amy Blackthorne. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited. I've been waiting to interview for a long time, so I'm glad to have you. This is my favorite part of the week is when I get to hang out with cool people instead of, I normally am just in my office kneeling at the walls. <laughs> well, uh, I do apologize again for all of our Mercury uh, retrograde nonsense at the beginning. Um, shenanigans. shenanigans, Mercury shenanigans. That's right. Well, I always like to start with uh, letting my guests introduce themselves however they want to. Uh, so if you want to tell us about yourself, where you're from, anything else you got, we're here to listen. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm originally from the Baltimore area. Um, all my family is from there, still lives there. I live in Delaware, so I'm just over the Maryland line. Up in that neat little corner where Maryland, Delaware, and New Jersey all come together. Oh, nice. So I can do the tri-state tour in 10 minutes or less. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very close. Um, I can throw a rock out the front window and, throw, and hit Maryland. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I moved, I tell people I moved just far enough out of Maryland that I get better laws and property taxes. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, and no, but, no tax on, on shopping, right? Exactly. Tax-free <laughs> shopping is the best thing ever. Uh, even, even being born and raised in Baltimore and, and doing it for so long, I still get confused when I go out to places in Baltimore and there's tax. Oh wait, that's right. There is, there is that thing. I have to give you more money for no reason at all. <laughs> For you to spend it on something that probably I'll never see, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you've ever been to the, seen the, the uh, potholes in Cecil County, you'd know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that seems uh, like the whole D.C. area seems to have a real big issue with potholes. I don't know. They keep taking our money uh, for, you know, taxes and then never fix the roads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something there. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Uh, so I'm originally from Baltimore. I moved to Delaware uh, about 20 years ago. And it's so funny because I get to teach internationally now. And so I, I get to visit with people with all different accents and dialects and, and even languages. But it's so funny that I'll, I don't think I'll ever figure out a way to lose the last little bit of my Baltimore uh, out of that accent. The, the little middle of the word just gets lost looking for directions. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you get to go teach internationally? That's exciting. Oh my goodness. I, I've, I've gotten to teach all over the place. My most, I think that probably one of the most fun things was uh, going, I got, I got sent to Toronto for work and was able to pick up a class while I was there at a little shop that sadly no longer exists. But it was in February in Toronto, which meant ice and snow and ridiculousness with the weather. Right. And I'm, and I'm figuring, you know, how am I going to get around and, and look for different things and experience different cultures? How am I going to, without, you know, slipping on the ice and dying? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Canada has like underground malls? They're, 
in between what? my hotel and and the rest of the the town there's these this like an underground mall you they, they send you down to below the street and there's tunnels and stuff and there's there's a kentucky fried chicken i got you know food at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> well underground that's, kfc that's amazing that <laughs> how was smart the, it was so it's genius it's absolutely genius <laughs> there's a tim hortons on the corner and an underground mall i was set <laughs> that's hilarious oh my gosh i had no idea I, I love getting out, getting to go and do things. My last trip to the UK, I was supposed to fly into my, my, you know, my regular stop and they, they flew me into Gatwick. And I, so the, in my head, because the US is, is gigantic and mm-hmm. the UK would be like the size of my thumb. I figure, oh, you know, everything's, you know, just a couple minutes away. And it, you know, it took us an hour by a train. I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how big it still is. It's just that right. the U.S. is so spread out. Yeah, that's so, interesting. I always have I always have the worst luck with travel because I yeah I wound up in Arizona on the summer solstice, so it's 127 degrees. Oh jeez! <laughs> so you get off the plane and it's like there's a hair dryer you just walked into and going yeah what is what is happening? Took all of the all of the volume out of my hair because there's no humidity to make my hair stand on end. Right. <laughs> so this is the best my hair has ever looked. <laughs> That's so funny. Coming from somebody who lived in the desert most of her life and moved out oh. here, my hair looks better here than it ever looked in New Mexico. <laughs> hey, Scottsdale. I, I I was either in the office or in the pool. No in-betweens. Right, right. Yeah, it's hot, hot, hot in Arizona. That's so funny. I had no idea. They they actually had warning signs on the front of the hotel. Uh, we stayed at the uh, Hotel Valley Ho in Scottsdale. Gorgeous little mod. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Stay there all the time. <laughs> but there's warning signs on the front of the hotel saying, do not walk to town. You're, you're like, I can see town from the end of the block of the hotel. Don't walk there or you'll die. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. No, take the we we have a free trolley, free courtesy shuttle <laughs> from point A to the end of that hotel property. <laughs> Please don't die. I thought it was a joke until I got into town for some cute little pizza joint. And there's, you know, the sprinklers everywhere because there's air conditioning, it would be too ridiculous. Right. And so they're spraying water on everything, but it never actually makes it to your body because it's just cooling the air. And I I thought it was I thought they were kidding. No, they're not kidding. That's so funny. And, you know, they say that there's a, there's a difference in humidity, heat and dry heat. And there is, but when it gets to 127 degrees, it doesn't matter. It's right. just it's still gross. hot. <laughs> you can't breathe. It's too hot. All right. So um, we always start with, what are you drinking? Do you, are you drinking something awesome today? Oh yeah. Today is definitely a, uh, a Van Van tea day. Van Van is um, in, in, um, traditional magic it's a really fantastic uh road opener it's it gets rid of all the blockages it makes sure that nothing stands in your way it's also really great for mercury retrograde because of the lemongrass and so i'm i need all the help i can get (laughs) i should be drinking that too (laughs) it is is definitely a thing i normally um anoint myself at least at the beginning of interviews (laughs) during mercury retrograde i can't find it i can't find my glasses this is my old pair like we're we're just we're we're oh for 10 i think today i know i was stay inside and never leave (laughs) i was trying to find my glasses too i couldn't find my glasses i was like i'm just not wearing them (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't, I cannot see. I wouldn't be able to see you or much less my, my actual email with links and whatnot. Well, thanks my glasses. <laughs> it's just hysterical. Yeah. I'm a mess today. It just means I'm I can stay home. That's right. I'm glad we're a mess together though. That makes me feel a we little match. bit better. We match. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, uh, what are you reading? Oh my goodness. I am, I'm finishing up the second out of three books in this trilogy it's about a woman it's about a woman who figures out that she's a witch in here in Delaware actually takes place (laughs) absolutely loving it it takes place in my town even though it's I've never met this author and they're not someone I know Mm -hmm. which is surprising because Newark Delaware is TDB like EDB tiny uh the first one is uh moon no not moonlight magic it is uh schooling a, a, of a midwife witch midlife witch is the second one um uh, jc yaman i found her on tiktok and she just happens to be in my town and it's the cutest thing because everything every landmark that she the character talks about in the book is a real place in my town oh, that's so awesome every time i figure out what building is i feel like i'm i'm in the secret club <laughs> so this is just <laughs> cracking me all up Newark is a very small town but it's it's got that small town energy uh-huh. like, uh two or three years ago it won best main street in in the in the U.S. oh for being cute and bucolic and adorable and so I, I'm like somebody actually lives here yes well you live here obviously <laughs> <laughs> so that's my the Luchi store that used to be on main street is is where the the main character works and there's a a bar restaurant that is uh named after Edgar Allan Poe and so in the book it's the Poe po, you know instead of the post house or the it's the Raven's Roost you know there's there's all sort of little nods to the town itself and I, I'm just loving it it's adorable that's awesome <laughs> well now I know where I'm gonna go when I'm in Delaware next <laughs> absolutely I, hey you you come up I will I will show you around we'll go to lunch it'll be great Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. We can actually see each other face to face that time then. <laughs> that'd be great. That's a, that's a, my favorite thing. Uh, my the one of the sales reps for Wiser who publishes my books, uh, Sam is is a doll and a half. I would well, I would do anything for her. Uh, she came down to visit some of the shops in the area, looking for sales leads and visiting other shops that she's a part of. And so I took her to lunch. It, there's a little Peruvian place um, around the corner that is just amazing and I absolutely love it so I, I take everyone there like yes let's go to Peru down the corner that's wonderful that's wonderful <laughs> uh I do I do like Delaware uh actually my favorite uh metaphysical store is in Delaware uh Finding Avalon yes they sell my tea I'm so tickled that you know they, they do <laughs> they do actually I bought your tea from there I bought your your Persephone blend for my <gasps> daughter Oh my goodness. It's, it's so one, um, I love that it's so popular, uh, but it's such a great blend. I actually had, um, I visited West Virginia for Christmas. And so I brought a tin of Persephone to the host of, of the dinner where we were. And it was just perfect for Christmas because it's light and sweet, but it's got that hint of cinnamon in it. And the, the pomegranates with the apples, it's just perfect for the holidays. And I didn't expect it to be, I figure in my head, it's more springy because you know, Persephone, but it was perfect. It was absolutely what I needed. Yeah. I, uh, my daughter loves it. Uh, I need to order her some more. Uh, Persephone is her, her patron deity. So she was really excited to get it. 
there's just not enough awesome things out there for Persephone. So I, I had to have it when I, <laughs> when I was making the list of deities I wanted to honor with a T. She was definitely near the top of the list. Um, that and Hecate are probably my two most popular teas. I can see how that would be. I can see how that would be. <laughs> Hecate is a black tea with almond and lavender. People think, oh, you lavender soothing and it's awesome. But my favorite thing about lavender is its propensity for secrets, either keeping them or revealing them, depending on how you utilize it. And I've, that's that double-edged sword is such a, a Hecate thing that I had to have it. Like, this is, this is the crossroads of your communication. Do you want those <laughs> secrets kept or do you want them revealed? Well, I'm going to have to check that one out too. I'll, I'll put an order in. Fantastic. <laughs> so... If you would like to discuss this, and I, you know, all these are op- optional questions, you can say no. But um, do you, do you consider yourself a specific type of witch? What kind of witch would you would you say that you are? It's very interesting because when I first started, it was really hard to define ourselves, you know, me included, obviously, as a specific style or a specific type because there wasn't this. Um, it was, it was, if you know, you were a traditional witch or you were an eclectic witch and that was really mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, and I, I was studying under Susan Weed in like 2000 and, and she's, I made a joke about a bumper sticker. It says, witches heal. And she had a whole story that went with it. And she said, look, she felt that she, she felt that she had coined the term green witch, whether or not that's true. I was not there. She said that she was, in, she encountered a interview for the news camera a big shiny light in your face on a microphone mm-hmm. right around halloween of course and and the 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 interviewer wanted to know well well what do you what do you what do, what do witches do and she looks me right in my face and she says people want to hear you know the the news interviews they want you to talk in sound bites they need you easily digestible clips for them to really get out there and something they can put on the the teaser for the news so she said right which is heal and the, the guy loved this and he think, thinks it's great. He says, well, what kind of witch do you, do you propose to be? You know, are you a white witch or are you a black witch? And we understand now that that's racist as hell. Right. Um, that black is not bad, that white is not good. And that's not how, that's not a thing at all. Right. <laughs> so in order to get around this, in order to explain to this guy that he's, he just stepped into it. <laughs> She said, I'm a green witch. Like I work with the plants, I work with the earth. So nice. it was a very easy way to diffuse that tension with somebody from the outside. Right. But there's been so much energy put into very specific little boxes to put ourselves into. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's to, so that we can interact with each other and sort of give a shorthand. Right. But I'm trying so hard to divorce ourselves from this need to cram ourselves into a box to help other people understand us and just experience your your craft as you are a person you know none of us really fit in these neat little boxes but it's so difficult because we want to be seen we've spent so much time feeling the opposite of that feeling you know we are you know the hidden children so to speak that it's been difficult to get people to recognize that we are real people (laughs) that we, we go to work and we pick up our kids from soccer practice and we we do all of those things that regular people do. We just also happen to practice a different, a different religion. And so it's a very interesting tightrope sort of 
figuring out, okay, this is, this is a shorthand I'm going to use to explain some of the practices that I do, but they don't really understand that it's, it's really impossible to just pigeonhole what we're doing for such a narrow definition. So, you know, a friend of mine calls herself a cosmic witch. She like, she, she works with planets. She loves astrology. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, so do I. And so there comes that, you know, do I, how many boxes do I have to then diagram myself into to right. encompass what I'm doing? And so the, the very easy answer is always, well, yeah, I'm just a green witch. But that, that makes people feel like, well, if I don't grow my own plants, am I, am I green witch enough to use that label? There's ah, always, yes. am I good enough? You're, you're awesome. Claim it and, and run with it. Let's see what, let's see how it goes. The neat thing about these things is they're not permanent. Even if I woke up tomorrow and was allergic to everything, I am. <laughs> uh, I still feel that connection in my heart with, with plants and with this, this plant spirits that I work with. Even if I could, you know, if I, I got shuttled a mile underground and was never able to see the sun again, I'd still be a green witch. I'd still talk to and be a part of the plant spirits that I have developed relationships with over the last 30 years. I love that. I appreciate that, that you don't want to be pigeonholed. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. I think at this point in my practice, I, I still kind of consider myself just an eclectic witch because I don't have a, I mean, I'm very, very kitchen oriented um, just because I love cooking, but I don't always consider myself a kitchen witch. It's so So funny. When, when we talk about our professions and we talk about, you know, oh, what do you do for a living? And I had a friend who said to me, who looked me right in my face and said, people ask you that question. So they know how much respect to give you. Mm. And so I feel like that about that question about witchcraft, you know, gets more attention than it should, because people want to know how much respect you should be given for your practice. And I think that's crap, honestly, (laughs) like, like somehow kitchen witches aren't as good as you know high magicians like everybody's just trying to make it out here and so I love that people are able to figure out how to describe each other without letting it get to that that level of respectability everybody is deserving of respect and common decency absolutely that is absolutely profound actually Um, I never even thought of it that way wow so can it no matter how much time you spend in your kitchen and your witchcraft is valid and it's amazing and we should all applaud everybody's trying to figure it out everybody who's just trying to practice their magic and practice their craft and be a better person than they were yesterday it's it's the people who are convinced that they're they've reached the ultimate pinnacle of whatever they're going to do that are often the problem (laughs) (laughs) that's right you can always learn and you can always grow um, I actually told my mother this year that my, the, my word for the year is knowledge because I want to do as much learning as I can this year. And she said, well, you're learning all the time. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I want to learn more. <laughs> Just give me all the language, all the knowledge, all the understanding. <laughs> It just kind of put a little, a little damper in my, in my step, you know, like, well, I guess that's true, but 
gee mom <laughs> thanks <laughs> she's gonna listen to this and be like oh darn it i'm sorry <laughs> that's fantastic that she listens to your podcast uh she does i well i'll i'll tell her you will like this episode you know because my family i'm the witch of the family my daughter is a witch but i mean my mother is not uh, but she is witchy adjacent yes so i'll send her episodes i think she'll enjoy and i think she'll listen to this one because she likes your like she really wants your newest book <laughs> oh that's fantastic hi mom so i'm gonna send my whole her. week yeah she's i mean she's a horticulturist so it makes me so happy it's exactly right down her lane so i'm gonna i'm gonna send her a copy actually and i think she'll love it <laughs> so what is um do you have a favorite witchy book i know that's a really hard thing to ask but like maybe one that has influenced you a lot over the years oh goodness i would have to say um utterly wicked by dorothy morrison is probably at the top of the list and most people say well you know it's it's a book of hexes how could that be your favorite how can that influence you if you've never read that's millie joining us my my little 50 pound pit bull has just woken from her nap oh lovely (laughs) uh dorothy is is a doll and a half and if you've never met her she is the epitome of southern grace and she will she will tell you to your face exactly what she's thinking and how she's feeling and it's beautiful and I absolutely love it that she is the definition of diplomacy in this Southern way. You know, the diplomacy definition is the ability to tell someone to go to hell so that they look forward to the trip. Yes. And, and she's just fantastic. I love her entire face. This book has been influential in that it gives me permission to understand magic in a very forthright manner that I'm not accustomed to directness is the opposite of the way I was raised (laughs) and so being able to be direct with my feelings and my thoughts and my communications is a beautiful gift Mm -hmm. the ability to say this is what is okay and this is what is not okay and this is how I'm going to handle it is really beautiful and very very empowering Um, I have had very few reasons to actually use hex or uh, bane work but knowing that dorothy's standing there beside me gives that that little mom pat on the back that says you know you're doing okay that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome i have not uh had the pleasure of getting my hands on that book but now i'm gonna get my hands on that book <laughs> it has it has recently been re-released uh originally came out in 2007 i'm pretty i worked at a shop called mystical voyage at that point it was a witchy shop in baltimore and uh, I probably pre-sold about 25 copies of that book before it was released in 2007 to the point where when it was re-released, uh, Wiser knew that I, I was so in love with Dorothy's entire being. They asked me to write the foreword for it, for the re-release. Oh, very so nice. you'll actually see my, my name on the cover as, as having done the foreword for it because it's just that incredible. That's who, great. who knew you could buy a bag of potato chips at the office vending machine and use it to hick somebody? Oh, well, now I really need to get it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So would you go as far as to say that she is your favorite witchy author or do you have a different one? I, she's, she will always be my favorite, but the, because she has, has retired or is retiring, you know, uh, I try and keep it current. So my current favorite is Cindy Brannon right now. Uh, she has a two dolls. She's not even a doll and a half. She has two entire dolls. Uh, <laughs> And she just had um, Entering Hecate's Cave come out. Somebody, I uh, have that on my desk. It's so great. She's, she's <laughs> lovely. I love her whole face. Um, we met in Atlanta, do, 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 probably 2018, I'm going to say, um, or 2019, somewhere around in there. Uh, I was having breakfast with Jesse from Finding Avalon um, in, the, in the hotel uh, lobby therefore <laughs> mystic south and she she sort of peeked her head in over the over the little divider and she said oh my god amy you know can we i'd love to pick your brain can we can we have lunch tomorrow can we have breakfast tomorrow and it was so great because that, and i loved her um keeping her keys for moon books she was talking about expanding that and wanted to talk about you know the nits and and bolts of being an author and and the networking parts it was so neat that somebody felt that I had something contributed to conversation about publishing and, and then work in general. I've wanted a book with my name on it since I was in kindergarten. Mm. Like I couldn't write my name yet and I wanted a book with my name on it. So for somebody to say, hey, I appreciate your insight into the, the publishing process and how to really make that work for me in my career was really touching. So um, getting to watch her develop this spread that she's got going on um we both are really in tune with different botanicals we both um work with hecate um very deeply and so it's lovely to have somebody not only with a professional understanding but um, almost like a, a sorority sister somebody who knew what i was dealing with knew what i was going through and is, is right there to be a friend and a cheerleader she's just a doll and a half two dolls oh, that's so great that's so great well now I feel like I need to put her on my list. You should, of, absolutely should. Of interviews. Actually, I think she is on my list. Good. Uh, but I have to read her book first. <laughs> so I'll get on that. <laughs> I liked I liked that one enough that I, you know, I've been able to endorse it. I'm a neurodivergent person. So having someone working a book of shadow work that is neurodivergent friendly is really important because most of them do really nail you down into neurotypical mo brain modeling and it's mm -hmm. it's not available for everybody she's really understanding about how to talk to people in a variety of ways interesting wonderful well i i'm very excited to to crack into that one then all right so we're gonna take a little uh detour from the witchy stuff uh do you have a favorite mundane author book or book series or all three absolutely <laughs> uh my favorite comfort read is um i, I reread the entire series once a year and that would be laurel k hamilton's anita blake series okay there's i think she's writing she's getting ready to release book 30 in that series oh my goodness yeah there there are a lot there um anita blake is a necromancer she her day job is um, the, the company slogan is raising the dead for a living. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's a very mundane job in her, in her world, 
And so things like someone um, dies in a tragic accident and their, their will is contended, they can raise Bob Jones from the dead and ask him, hey, uh, what did you mean for your will to say? Like, who, who was supposed to get what? What's going on here? Can you clarify this for us? Man, that would be useful. So neat, right? So <laughs> neat. Uh, but her her night job is hunting vampires. Oh, nice! It's, it's fantastic. It's really wonderful. the The action in it is really enjoyable. Um, I I do a lot of as you mentioned in the intro. I do self defense training. I do self defense instruction. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to have the action portions of it. It's fun to have the later in later books. There's there's some romance that comes into it. I love that there's spicy scenes but but it's not vulgar um Mm. it's there's it's just it's so fantastic i am i really enjoy it i every so often i'll i'll post quotes as i'm reading through it that that little meme feature that is embedded into kindle is just the best thing ever (laughs) (laughs) uh so i can highlight a couple words and post it to facebook with with you know half a second worth of effort so yeah laurel k hamilton anything she's written really is is enjoyable for me she has a series uh, about Mary Gentry so she has a Faye series that's really fantastic um that started out um spicy from the from the get-go it wasn't a, it wasn't a secret or a surprise they're both really well done but Mary Gentry is much shorter I think there's nine eight books nine books mm-hmm. um currently out it's still it's an ongoing series as well so yes mundane books get me out of my work brain and so it, it gives me a chance to air my brain out so I'm either reading them or writing them. Um, I'm working on a novel at the moment just to you know, keep my air, my brain aired out. That's very exciting. <laughs> I'm not sure where it's going, but I, I'm enjoying it. Well, I look forward to, to finding out where it goes. I love a good novel. <laughs> you know, I, I actually went to school, uh, to college to be an author. That's fantastic. Um, and instead of doing that, I work for the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> we had the exact opposite experience. I went to, I went to college to go into the federal government and to go into the federal um, Bureau of investigation was my, was my professional goal. And, uh, when I got to my, the end goal, when I got to where I was going, I had an allergic reaction to stress. I, I, oh. It's sort of an allergic reaction to cortisol. So I broke out in hives and they never went away oh goodness so if i if i'm just the least bit stressed out i i get a blister it's awful so i'm i'm on, I'm on cancer drugs right now to keep this this at bay mm. but i could not attain my professional goal because uh, as as you might as you might understand it's a stressful position it is that yes uh, so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing and i i just happened to get my original dream goal of being an author that's wonderful so i absolutely love it and i wouldn't trade it for anything but there are still days that i i wish i could legally kick people in the face (laughs) right yes i also wish that (laughs) several times a day sometimes (laughs) uh but it was the universe saying no this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to help people in this way yes and I don't, I don't, I'm not too sad about it, but I do, I do miss what could have been. It's one of those things where what could have been could be really fantastic. It's just yeah. different. I don't think I, I would have lost out either way. Yeah. 
Understood. So uh, since you became an author, you have written five books. Um, I'm not missing any, right? You've published- No, currently, currently published, there are five of them. Okay. I'm signing contracts for three, probably this month. Oh, very exciting. My goodness. Uh, so of the books that you have published, which one did you enjoy writing the most? Oh, it had to be Botanical Magic. Blackthorn's Botanical Magic was the culmination of my life's goals at that point. And so I had, you know, I've wanted a book forever. Be actually getting to the point where someone handed me a contract and said, yes, please do write something that people will read. Blew me away. Absolutely. Bar none was shocking and enjoyable and amazing and really the culmination of everything. So I had a hard time keeping it down to the amazing thickness that it is it's (laughs) dude it's like 400 pages 319 pages it's a thick boy i like it it is a it is a big boy i i knew from the minute that i started writing that there's no guarantee that i'd be able to write a second book so i just wanted to cram as much awesome as into it as i possibly could (laughs) and so i was i was really convinced like oh this this will be a one-off and and i'll have achieved my goal and it'll be fine but the more I write, the more I want to write. And so I absolutely love the opportunity, but there's things I had to leave out for space because eventually you run out of room. Uh, People think when it comes to nonfiction that you just write until you're done writing and then it's a book. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts with your word count. And so I knew that I'd have to cram all of this really incredible stuff into, you know, around 80,000 words was my upper limit. And so there's a neat thing that happened. At least I think it's neat. My publisher may not. Uh, (laughs) I wound up going between the first draft and the second draft. I added about 50 pages worth of material. Oh, wow. Yeah. I took some out. I put some in. It was a very hokey pokey, turn yourself around sort of dance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that that should have changed the the price, but the price had already been set by that point. So there's Mm -hmm. an an extra 50 pages that you didn't have to pay for (laughs) in the book. Oh, well, lucky us. That's right. <laughs> so it's definitely, it was definitely my favorite to write because I got to experiment and I got to, you know, have a mad scientist laboratory. My desk, which you can't see, um, is set up like a perfumer's organ. <laughs> so everything's, um, it's brought up, it's broken up by brand. So I, because I'm a visual person, um, mm-hmm. I can remember what a label looks like before I can remember the name of the, the uh, maker of that particular oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're broken up by top notes, middle notes, base notes. Um, so I loved that I could be a perfumer and be an author and be an aromatherapist. And you know, I could put a lot of the different parts of myself into this first book. Uh, because like I said, I wasn't sure that I'd be able to get a second book. Right. That's awesome. Uh, on the flip side, do you have a least favorite? I do. And I, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm hating on my book because I would never. Um, but the first one that comes to mind when we ask is um, Blackthorn's Protection Magic. And not because it's not an amazing book, but because it was hard to write. Um, I sat with it. Like I sat up against a brick wall for a good while uh, because I knew that there was something that needed to be in this book that I didn't want to be in the book. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you read it? I have. I actually did a review on it and I used it as a reference for one of my episodes. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, So in, uh, in 
chapter six, I talk, I tell a very personal story about um, a, a criminal issue that happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it comes with a content warning, so I won't um, talk about it on the podcast explicitly. We want to make sure everybody's in a good spot. Uh, but I knew that I needed to tell that story in the book so that uh, it could help other people, honestly. When we look at some of the issues that occurred surrounding this um, issue, Mm -hmm. I got asked more than once, what did you do to make X, Y, Z happen? Thank you. That is the (laughs) the right noise. Uh, (laughs) and, And people don't understand how harmful that is. I did not make someone stalk me. I did not make someone threaten me. I did not make someone do these, the the things surrounding this issue. I did, I had no control over that. And if someone who is um, a firearms instructor, a black belt, um, I was a competition shooter at that point. uh, And I was, I was working my way to the FBI. I was the, the head of my law enforcement fraternity, fraternity, I can't speak, Mm -hmm. uh, I did all the things I know. All the, I teach the things. Right. So if somebody who with this amount of experience can have that really awful thing happen, how do we make that not happen to somebody else? Right. It's not our job. Our job is to be as safe as we can, but I cannot control someone else's actions. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for what this other person did. And so being able to mm-hmm. let readers know and help them understand that they're not at fault it is not your fault when awful things happen. If that was the only thing that people took away from that book, then I did my job. And so I knew that I had to tell that story to get, to open the floodgates, to let the other stuff out. And I could talk about, you know, target hardening your house and making sure that people don't get in and what, what light, what locks are better than these locks. And mm-hmm. that's all, that stuff is all great. But I wanted to make sure that anyone who took away from that book anything else that's just icing on the cake as long as you understand that it's not your fault then I've done my job yeah so it took me it took me a couple months and I had to call my editor the amazing amazing incredible Judica Isles and say look I'm having a hard time getting started with this this book and I, I need help and she said okay well tell me what I can do help me help me help you and I said this is what I want to start with. This is where I, this is where I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I feel like a failure. And she says, well, you haven't started yet. How can you have failed? And I said, well, I, I feel like a hypocrite. Okay. Let me, let me understand why you feel that way. And I told her that I've, I've spent my life learning everything I can learn of how not to have these things happen, how to be strong and independent and, have all these really amazing opportunities and you know I, I want to go into the FBI I want to I want to do this I want to do that I want to I want to make sure the world is a better place I want to do these things and this this awful thing still happened mm-hmm. and Judica said my dear the fact that you survived this awful thing is why we want you to write this book anybody could write a book on protection magic mm-hmm. we you know we could talk about the things that need to be in there. Anybody could sit down and write a book about protection magic. She said, but only you can write this book on protection magic. There's, I could probably pull 10 
books out of out of the the card catalog on protection magic and everyone would have a different voice everyone would have different sources everyone would have different vibes but only you can write this book mm-hmm. and that's why we want you because you did survive because you have this training because you have had these experiences that's why we wanted you to to put that out there that's what you contribute you have the experience you've had the knowledge we want you not just anybody we we want you to have your say and your experiences and that's why we gave you the contract this mm-hmm. is your story well i very so- much appreciate that they sent you on that mission because that is by far i think my favorite protection magic book for that reason um i think it's incredibly important to ward your house and I said this on this on the episode, but if you don't lock your doors, it's not going to matter. And you also have to be, you have to protect yourself mentally and understand that other people are, are assholes. Yeah. And that's not your problem. That's not, your, not fault. your fault. Like, yeah. I mean, it's your problem, but it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> They're making it your problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I do really, really love that book and I'm sad that you had such a hard time, but I'm glad you pulled through. Yeah. I, I went down state to, uh, Birminghorn Meadery in, uh, Milton, Delaware. They're amazing, uh, heathen owned meadery. So, you know, support pagan businesses. Yay. Um, and I had a glass of their Shirley Temple session mead and I thought about what I needed to do and I drove to the beach where, this perpetrator was hoping to leave my body. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had never been, I I had obviously avoided it since then. (laughs) And I, it was, it was uh, late fall. So it was cold out. So there's maybe two or three people on the beach. I left my shoes in the car and I walked out to the surf and I picked up a couple stones on the way and I sat down at the water's edge and I thought about this specific thing or this specific memory or this piece you know, the last drops when you're pouring out the liquid out of a pitcher, the last drops that are falling out. Mm-hmm. And I threw each one into the ocean and I let it go. And I made my peace with the beach because it's not the beach's fault. No. It's not the town's fault. It's this unhinged person's fault. And so I was able to make my peace with the beach and with that part of myself that felt like I failed because a bad thing happened. And it's not my fault either. Yeah. And so I was able to go home and write, you know, 13,000 words on how to make sure that you're as safe as you can be, how to escape duct tape or rope or, you know, how to yeah. lose a stalker, how to uh, lose somebody in a crowd. Mm. Because it's important. I mean, the number of times I have had someone try to uh, do something untoward, we'll say, um, because I was a witch, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I'd fill up both hands and both feet. This is stuff that's really important to know as witches, as pagans, as magical practitioners, as, as anyone who is other. Mm-hmm. But I was able to sit down and pour it out and move and actually let the book come out. It was probably kind of cathartic just in Very. that. Very. Well, thank you for we're struggling through again. It's a, it's a great book. So, Thank you so much. Oh, okay. Let's let's find something fun to talk about. 
Do you have a daily practice uh, oh that goodness. you would like to share? <laughs> it's it sounds it's deceptively simple, but getting up in the morning and making a cup of tea is such a personal and grounding ritual that so many people do, and they it's sort of a, it's almost a gimme. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're pouring. My previous partners have used uh, French presses for their coffee. I use mm-hmm. a French press for my herbal tea. And getting all the ingredients together, figuring out what I'm doing that day usually starts with looking at the agenda on my cell phone because that's where my calendar lives mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I, I have a podcast interview today. What do I want that to look like? And so, okay, I, I want to feel heard and seen and eloquent. Okay, I, I might put together a black tea so that I... Um, I feel like I'm showing my best self and I might add some lemongrass to it so that I'm more clearly communicating during this mercury retrograde, mm-hmm. uh, putting those things together, putting a tea together, finding just the right thing and putting my intention into that French press as I'm pouring the water over it, as I'm allowing the herbs to steep and really open up to their fullest flavor. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect time for a magical ritual that is both grounding, it's life affirming, it's affirming in the materials that I want to get done that day and the, the way I want to present that. It's especially helpful when I started with writing botanical magic. I, I worked on one plant per day. Whether I wrote five pages or 50 pages, I wanted, I, I tried to stick with one plant per day. And what I did nice. was I had a an aromatherapy diffuser. It's got a hundred milliliters of water in it. I pick up, I put a drop of whatever I'm working with that day in there, turn it on and connect with the, the plant spirit that I was working with that day and allowing it to, to sort of fill the space and go from there. So I'm, I'm leading from a, a space of honoring that plant. And so whether I'm, you know, writing botanical magic or not leading from that space of honoring the energy present in that day is super grounding and really, really affirming in my practice. I love that. I am, I am a firm believer in starting your day off with a cup of something. And I always start with choosing my mug based on the color or how I feel or how I want to feel. And that I'm a coffee drinker. So then I make my coffee, but I just absolutely love the ritual of starting your day with that you know the thing that makes you happy I love that it's so funny you say that because I I do something similar and so previous partners have always been able to gauge what how how readily they can discuss their day with me based on which mug that I'm choosing so that's hilarious (laughs) so if it's a day that I picked up the brass knuckles mug (laughs) maybe you're not necessarily (laughs) looking to have a conversation first thing I need one of those. <laughs> it's fantastic. I got it from Think Geek a million years ago. It is, it isn't, it's a, it's a, they molded a set of brass knuckles and sort of glued it to the side of the mug. And so you actually, it, you can tell what it is. So my, my fans on Instagram love it when they see that I posted it because it's their favorite mug. That's so hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Usually my, my do no harm, take no shit mug is my, uh, probably my brass knuckles equivalent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. that on a t-shirt from a yoga company that makes the softest t-shirts on the planet. And nice. it's, it really is the best. Yes. Yes. So I heard that you have a pit bull. Does yes. that mean, does that mean you're a dog person? 
it does mean I'm a dog person. I love cats. I, I um, once my mother um, got her own place as a, as a teenager, she had little bit was our first cat. Uh, so I, I love them growing up, but I need, I need some weight to, to help with the anxiety and the love mm-hmm. and the affection. So I rescue Pipples. Oh, that's um, great. Millie is my third, my fourth dog, my third Pipple. Um, there was a, a little Cavalier, not six pounds, seven, seven pounds, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that I had in between Peanut, who was my first Pipple and Lily, who was my second. But she she ruled the house. She was in charge. She was. It's not that she ever. It's not that she was a yappy dog. I think in her entire lifetime, she may have barked once. She one bark in her whole life. Um, <laughs> but she's still. She was in charge. Everybody knew it. And uh, so I can. I hope to have dogs for the rest of my life. They're just so. They're grounding and they're understanding and they're they're there for me when I'm having a hard day. It's it's definitely a good relationship. Yeah. I am a huge, I love cats too. I've had cats, but I am just absolutely a dog person. Uh, I have a Newfie in Newfoundland and he is so big and I can just like wrap myself around his whole, you know, like he just makes me feel super comfortable and he's fuzzy and my husband hates it because he has to brush him and like (laughs) clean up his hair and, 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 and his slobber. Uh, one of my best friends rescues newfies and they're just the best dogs they are they are <laughs> yeah they're great dogs i i love pit bulls though too they are very underrated and vilified and just the sweetest little love balls yes when ever. people tell me that they're, they're afraid of pit bulls I, I show them a picture of millie in her rubber ducky pajamas and they, i just can't <laughs> understand how anybody would be afraid of her because She's got rubber duckies on her on her footy pajamas. <laughs> it's just the best thing. Yeah, they're super, super sweet dogs. I love them. Matt Aaron and I both have blue pit bulls. So he he let me know about Tooth and Honey, who makes her rubber ducky jammies. Oh. So I've just bought her her own little wardrobe. She's got some raglan tees and she's got some some little beatnik tea, turtlenecks. And oh, that's just so funny. She's the best. Matt Aaron just posted. Uh, his little pit bull what's her name pibbles yes something uh, on uh with the cutest little jammies i don't remember what was on them but i just i just saw that today that's hilarious yep he totally <laughs> got me hooked on her on her pibble jammies <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> i love it i love it um so any of these animals that you've had have you cons- ever considered them a familiar little bit in high school uh, definitely. When I was practicing uh, at home, my you know I, I came out of the broom closet at fifteen. I would have my bedroom door closed because I'm burning candles, and cats are notorious for trying to set themselves on fire by accident. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would I would cast circle in my very small bedroom and and work with my. I had a, an old flower cart that I painted. Um, purple and blue and I have my ritual altars items set up my mother was very my mother actually bought me my first alchemy it was very sweet oh wonderful and uh and a little bit if I wouldn't let him in the bedroom because I I was you know burning candles uh, there was there was fire involved he would actually lay on the floor and stick his arm under the door 
so he could be a part of the ritual and he knew whether I, whether I was actually working or just burning some incense he knew the difference and he'd come and he'd, he'd, he had to be a part of whatever I was doing that's awesome yeah that's awesome I had a, a long-haired chihuahua named little bit oh <laughs> many moons ago he was he was pretty awesome that's fantastic yeah I have never had a familiar I think maybe the closest for me would have been my my last uh, Boston Terrier that just passed away in December. Um, but he was more like an, an emotional familiar. Like he yeah. just knew the second, like you got tense or sad, he was like glued to you. He was just such a great dog. Ugh. Oh yeah. Boston's are so great. My a dear friend had uh, a sassy was her name, had a Boston and they're just great, great dogs. I love how individual every breed is. Mm-hmm. And then of course every dog, but Boston's have such a great personality. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> Moving on from animals, uh, let's talk a little bit about divination. Yes. Uh, do you have a favorite tarot or oracle deck? I do. I try not to say it too loud because they can hear me. I know. <laughs> um, I, I have been reading professionally since 1999. And so I have a, a, a box. It started out as a, a very small box and now it's a, a big hat box. It's got about 30 decks in it. Those are just the ones that I take to uh, reading appointments. You know, if I read at a shop or if I'm uh, reading with a digital client, there's about 30 decks I take there. And I probably own about 200 decks. Oh, um, uh, that I that I read with regularly there's probably I'm forgetting a few because they're not in the regular rotation mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that is a part of my uh, regular practice and it's funny that my rate my favorite deck I never expected it to be a favorite it is the deviant moon tarot uh, ah. it's, it's really gorgeous I absolutely love it I have the first edition. I have the digital edition you can download for your phone. Um, I have the borderless that they came out with mm, maybe five years ago. They released a borderless edition. Uh, It is my absolute favorite for a couple of reasons. One of which is how it's Patrick Valenza is the artist. And it sort of looks like a Lewis Carroll and Hieronymus Bosch got together and made a a tarot deck. (laughs) (laughs) the the artwork is really bold there's a lot of incredible angles the coloring is incredibly vivid it relies on traditional imagery Mm -hmm. but in a way that's not traditional at all um i use this a lot when you know it's very popular is the wrong word but it's very common for people especially who are new to say oh i i I must have been hexed i I had a i had a bad week i broke a nail i tripped on the Mm -hmm. curb you know, I must be hexed. Right. And so this is the deck that I pull out when people are worried about magical malfeasance. This is the deck that I pull out to see if that's actually the case or if they're or if they're projecting something else. Mm-hmm. So the way that the deck comes together, especially the cups, they're you can tell that they're gold without them being gold foiled. They're they're bright accents while being a darkly aspected deck. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely incredible you can see the the swords are very sword energy you can um it's very easy to diagnose um, hexes 
um, generational curses, uh, soul theft, those, those sorts of really intense experiences out of a tarot deck. And so um, if you are someone who works with the public, especially um, to try and decipher magical malfeasance, I absolutely recommend it, but it's such a great read because it's so bold and the imagery is so clear. That there's no question at all. This is what the issue is. It's very forthright. Um, it's not a kick in the teeth deck, but it is definitely mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> nice. I have a kick in the teeth deck. Which one is um, yours? I call it my mean girls deck. Yes. Uh, because it's all women, uh, women in history that have made it, you know, a big stink that became amazing. Um, it's it's the Roar Oracle deck by MJ Coolanane. Oh, 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 I know the name. Oh, it is. So it, I'm just getting chills just talking about it. Uh, there's like uh, Rosa Parks is in it. George O'Keefe. Actually, George O'Keefe is the reason I bought the deck because I am oh. obsessed with her. Um, Why would you not be? She's I know. amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. Just all of these great, and I don't know why I can't think of any of them, but all these great women in history that have really been trailblazers. And I tell you what, they do not mess around. They will tell you when you're being an idiot. But <laughs> I... No qualms about it. They're just like, stop. Here it is. <laughs> the Wild Unknown is my kick in the teeth deck. Like the first time I read with it, I, uh, oh, like I definitely caught the serial number on that one. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, that's my my eldest daughter's favorite deck. That's so imagery is great. The the coloring is is fantastic when it's there. It's just really really blunt. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> hey, you should check out that deck though for sure. Um, Absolutely, I, I love I love her decks. I love the way that she puts things together. Yeah, the, I, her artwork is just really beautiful. Yeah, I have four four of her decks. I think. I think I'm only at two two or three. Actually, have I kickstarted the original Crow Tarot. So I have the one of her cards sitting on my desk. Oh, wonderful. Nice. Um, for the Crow Tarot. Uh, this is the, the King of Cups and it sits right over where I'm writing always. Yeah, that's it. That, she's just a, I'm looking at my Crow Tarot right now. There it is. I actually <laughs> contacted her, uh, goodness, right at the very beginning of the pandemic because a popular rug company that was being advertised on Facebook and everywhere else had stolen one of her designs. Oh uh, gosh. And I was I was absolutely crushed for her. So I was like, uh, maybe you should uh, send them a cease and desist. So I I hate having that happen, but I would I would rather know than not know. So absolutely. And that's definitely one of those cases where people say, you know, copying is the best form of flattery, but actually no paying artists for just their work is the best form. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's unfortunate that 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 happens uh, yeah. everywhere. Uh, do you have a patron deity? Yes, uh, I started out my practice as a as a priestess of Diana, and Diana still has a a very important presence in my home as well as my practice. I was doing some security consulting for a museum in Nevada, and when I walked into this into the museum space. I, I had, I had worked with Diana, gosh, since I was 
I think 11. And so I just had generic moon figures or I had, um, you know, there's a lot of Artemis artwork available, but I didn't have anything that was uniquely Diana. And I walked into this museum, into their show space and saw this statue of Diana's about four feet tall. It was a, a Ferragamo porcelain figurine from 1927, I think. And I fell down. <laughs> it was oh gosh, so beautiful. It just struck me in the face and I fell to my knees and I cried. <sighs> I'm supposed to be the big bad security consultant. <laughs> I'm sitting there like tears running down my face because it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they were so thankful for the work that I did. By the time I flew home, it was sitting on my porch waiting for me. Oh my word. So it has, it, you are, can almost see it sitting on, over my shoulder, um, but she's um, a four foot tall Ferragamo porcelain. It is Diana running through the woods with um, her hounds around her, um, has the bow drawn and is um, ready to loose an arrow. And it's just stunning. So I've worked with her since I was very, at a very, very young age. And because her uh, historical cult has involved Hecate, the, the Feast of Nemoralia, they would actually take pieces of bread and shape them into parts of the body that were, were bothering people. You know, like, oh, my elbow hurts. So I'd make a little arm bread and they would sacrifice this to Hecate at uh, Nemoralia in uh, Nemi. So they're, they've always been inextricably linked in my, in my practice. Mm-hmm. But when I, um, I joined the first, when I, the minute I turned 18, I ran out and I joined the first <laughs> coven I could find. Never do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the tradition that I was a, a part of, I uh, revered the Morrigan. And so I became a priestess of the Morrigan at 22. And so she has a, a, a also a very large presence in my home as well as my individual mm-hmm. practice. And she also got a tea. It smells like um, smoked apples and bonfires uh, in oh. the distance. It's a, it's a black tea. There's a hint of like a lapsang souchong in there. So you have some smoke and you have that battlefield, almost a gunpowder fragrance to it there's apples and there's the apple blossoms of the the far fields so my tea is a, is definitely a, a moving meditation so it was really important to make sure that it was just right so i had a, a number of deities haha <laughs> before i before i released the morgans but it's definitely one of my favorites that and the dagda were both came around the same time it's another almond black tea, but instead of the lavender of Hecate, I used uh, dried rosemary for that, the oh. camphoraciousness in the back of the sinuses. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love rosemary. I could put it in everything. <laughs> if you haven't tried it yet, a dear friend used, uh, you know, reports on these different really fantastic uh, coffee places and different beverages in our area. Mm-hmm. And so she came home one day, she had found a little mom and pop shop on her way from whatever adventure she was on. And they had made her a, a lovely coffee with rosemary syrup. Ooh. And she's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever put in my face. I need to have it with me always. And so we made a rosemary syrup from scratch because rosemary is a, is a hard wood. You can't just pour water over it and hope for the best. So we would actually boil the rosemary whole in the water that we were going to make the syrup into. Mm-hmm. Uh, let that boil for about 10 minutes, take the um, off the heat and add this add the sugar to it and make it a syrup. But I love putting that and making a steamer, just steamed milk and rosemary syrup. That is my 
uh, when it's snow is on the ground and you want to stay home for a snow day wrapped up in a blanket, that's what I drink is a rosemary steamer. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I'm totally doing that when we're done with this. <laughs> so that's, that's what inspired the Dagda tea was that, that warm, cuddly, snowy day feeling. That's, that's what I wanted to bring to this tea. So yeah, I, I bought a little $30 um, milk frother steamer from Amazon, just automatic shuts off. I can, I can pour a little steamed milk. I can have whatever flavoring I'm looking at for that day. Um, I have some lavender and I wrote Blackthorns Botanical Brews just so I could have an excuse to make a, a ridiculous amount of flavored syrups. For, I for love my, that. <laughs> my cart. Yeah. So lavender syrup, there's, uh, there's almond syrup, there's all sorts of different flavors, but if you have uh, flavoring in your cabinet, in your baking cabinet, the almond flavor, peppermint flavor, what have you, you can make mm-hmm. a syrup really easy and uh, it's, it's the best medicine for a wintry day. That's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we just had this recent cold snap and I was in Arkansas. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely terrified that my rosemary plants were going to die because I wasn't here to cover them. Right. Valid. I, I like cried about it <laughs> because I have these two beautiful, huge bushes that I have finally gotten to grow. And it just was devastating, but I came home and they're fine. Oh, that's beautiful. I was like, it's magical right there. Oh, and I think it's because they're so close to the house, Yeah. but it was just, I was really, really upset the whole time I was in Arkansas, but, uh, so now I'm going to go out there and get me some little rosemary and make some syrup. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I like rosemary in, uh, shortbread. Oh, oh yeah. That's beautiful. I just had some, um, on new year's Eve, I had these beautiful salted almonds that were roasted with rosemary. Mm. That sounds amazing. Aldi. Oh my gosh. Aldi always, it it comes through, you know, and Lidl is the same. I always find things at Lidl that I'm like, how is this at Lidl? I never, I never would have found this in the Acme. That's definitely where I'm going to go. Yeah. (laughs) They just built, they just built a Lidl in my neighborhood. I can't wait for it to open. Oh, they always have the best stocking stuffers at Lidl. Uh, the, because... the, the cheese advent calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I bought my mom a wine advent calendar Ooh. at Lidl this year. I didn't <gasps> know it was an advent calendar until she opened it on Christmas Day. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we missed 23 days. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> got time to make up for. <laughs> That's funny. I love a good advent calendar. I got the um, one from, the, from Ikea this year. It's just chocolate. Oh, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> the two big windows. I'm like, this is, this is suspicious. They were gingerbread cookies, but they had um, coupon cards in them. So one's a $5 off coupon and one is a free meatball lunch coupon. Like, <laughs> I'm here for it. That's awesome. <laughs> Go Ikea. So um, I want to touch on something that my friend Allie, shout out to Allie, she's been talking, talking you up for years. I've known her for a couple of years now, and she's like, she just loves you. She went to Hallowed Homecoming uh, here at Prince William Forest Park. As I, I know there. right where that is. I know you do, <laughs> <laughs> because you, uh, you were kind of the main event there, weren't you, at that, that year? It was what, 2019? That was 2019. 
Um, yeah. I, I cheated though. I knew where that was because my, um, my cousin works there. <laughs> so, so when really? they called and said, yeah. So when they called and said, Hey, can you, um, can you come do a thing? I'm like, I know right where that is. I'll be there. Can I, can I be there now? I will get some shooting range time and, and, and some camping at the same time. The Hallowed Com- Homecoming was amazing. One of the thing, one of the lesser known portions of being a, an author is unfortunately, sometimes there's some people that we have to deal with that we would rather not, mm. whether it's um, overzealous fans or it's people who would rather we not talk about witchcraft um, to people right. ever. Mm-hmm. There are some security risks that are involved in, in what I do. And so, for example, I talked about uh, one of the visits that I'm supposed to do this year. And I immediately got threats from someone who was an overzealous fan um, who did not see anything inappropriate in what they were saying. So I, um, unfortunately, we, we do have to work with security when we go different places. Huh. And the security team at Hallowed Homecoming was amazing. I, I felt so seen and heard before I even got there that I was over the moon. Um, it was it was incredible and I I would I would go back as a regular human <laughs> even if I wasn't going to be uh, the 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 main event so to speak if even if I wasn't mm-hmm. being a practitioner who was paid to be there and teach classes I would mm-hmm. go back just to hang out because the people were so incredible they were so sweet and welcoming it's very interesting when you when you go as an author because these events have been happening for a long time and so niches and clicks build up and people really feel that they're these are their their family whether they're home away from home or if they're they're really there all the time and Mm -hmm. to be so welcomed was incredible and beautiful and really made me feel like I wasn't just paid to be there but I was I was there because they really wanted to see hear, and and discuss what I had to talk about and that was so incredible that's great I I yeah, I would, any of those people, I would, I would absolutely go out to dinner with, hang out, you know, catch a movie. Like it was, it was real and connection. And it was, I felt so a part of something that it could be hard to be an outsider as a, and be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would, like I said, I'd go back for tacos. <laughs> I, would, I would just go back anytime. They were amazing. That's awesome. Well, uh, I wanted to go this past year. Uh, it didn't work out because my son plays lacrosse all the time. Uh, so he, <laughs> he had a lacrosse tournament in Delaware on Halloween weekend, which was just a bunch of BS, I thought. But uh, I mean, don't they know there are witches out there that celebrate that? Like, right. we're busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> my son should know that. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, let's get her out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm gonna try and go this year because i would really i i mean i work there <laughs> i have no excuses that's right you know right where it is i do i do <laughs> i definitely want to go this year are there any other events uh that you might want to suggest to uh my listeners for like in the area or anywhere really in the area, my favorite one would be Sacred Space. Well, not my favorite, but you know, it, one of the ones that have been going to the longest is Sacred Space. Uh, it is an advanced practitioner space, so I love I love going to Pagan Pride Days, and I love going to a lot of the the open events that are that are annual. 
and and give that space especially because they are usually supporting their local food pantries oh wonderful uh, but they're usually still geared towards uh, beginner practitioners because they're have more uh, they're very visible mm-hmm. but sacred space uh is uh for advanced practitioners so there's there are no 101 practitioners uh lectures everything right. is 102 or 201 or above it's great it is because we don't get enough of that. There's there's so many people who are looking for something to discuss the the fellowship of meeting other practitioners and and really mm-hmm. getting to come back to that space. But it's my one of my favorite produ- one of my favorite spots just because it feels like a high school union you actually want to go to. Oh, nice! Because everybody's been in that space for so long, everybody knows each other. The the head of security for Howard Homecoming we're we're gonna he's gonna take one of my classes at sacred space we're gonna hang out like he and his wife are just the the bee's knees <laughs> um, but it's so neat because i've been teaching at this event for close to 10 years and i absolutely love it every time there's there's always a new idea a new perspective something i hadn't thought of new pra- new practitioners in that there are people i hadn't been familiar with before so, mm-hmm. you know, being born and raised in Baltimore, I feel like I know everybody, but having people who haven't been able to have a voice before, that's so, it's so important. And I love that they have the ability to get into the public spaces and say, look, these are my ideas and, and let's, let's talk about them. Let's really mm-hmm. engage with how that goes, both as practitioners and as, as performers, as, as people who are paid or not paid, uh, but professionally performing our ideas and our services there's a there's a panel on for um death witches there's a panel for lgbtqia issues there's you know some really great individual panels but there's a lot of really amazing stuff and this year is it's a two for one there's between the worlds and sacred space are in the same space at the same time one is one floor and one is the you know the basement floor so we're taking over the entire hotel and it's it's right in hunt valley maryland it's easy to get to it's relatively close to public transit there's actually a stop literally across the street and uh, there's a Wegmans on the other side of the street so you can show up you can (laughs) grab whatever groceries you want you can really take over your own space and it's it's going to be amazing I'm excited and and when is this uh, that is the first weekend in April the 6th to the 9th that's actually Easter weekend this year Um, so if you have family obligations I, I feel bad for you but I'm really looking forward to having a witchy thing to do when everybody else is doing the the Christian thing. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to look into that. It's amazing. And I highly recommend it. Great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew about Hallowed Homecoming, but I didn't realize there was anything so close as Hunt Valley, Maryland. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got uh, asked to participate in FSG free spirit gathering is in uh, Habit of Grace. So it's a week long outdoor camping event. And that's so much fun i love the space it's actually the the boy scout camp so there's cabins um both on the early bird side and the late night side so you know if you're if you're somebody who wants to be up with the up with the morning birds you're fantastic they'll they keep you on one side and if you're if you're a night owl you they get the other side so try and keep the peace as much as possible it's it's really great it's a week-long bonding event there's um kitchens on campus you can you can bring your own food or you can buy a meal plan from the cafeteria it's just okay. really well done. And and what is that one? Free spirit gathering. Free spirit gathering. 
I'm like just writing all of this down. All right. Even though I'm going to listen, then I can write it down later. I'm going to write it down now. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to grace uh, in uh, two weeks Fantastic. For, for their Celtic festival. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I, run, I am on the board of directors of the Virginia Scottish Games, and we kind of do a, uh, a replacement in kind. So they come to my festival to do their uh, advertising, and then then I go to other festivals. So I'm, go- I'm going to this one I've never been to. I'm really excited about. Well, if you want somebody to hang with you, let me know. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will let you know. I'm not sure which day I'm going, but I will. I will keep you updated. <laughs> this is this this is just makes my whole week. Is I feel like we should be best friends, and be I great. think we should too. <laughs> and we're really close to each other. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Let's see. Oh, okay. So we're at the point. <laughs> um, I always ask my guests to share a spell or a ritual or a recipe uh with the listeners do you have something like that I do I just happen to have something from Blackthorns Botanical Brews right in front of me oh great it's a it's a witchy take on a corpse survivor number two this Mm. is so I need a champagne saucer a cocktail shaker um I I like to use two glasses but if you're you'd like to be using a hawthorne strainer that's also proper strain mm-hmm. your ice cubes out but you get your champagne saucer prepared i like to chill mine with a little bit of ice while i'm preparing my spell mm-hmm. i use cointreau i have a fresh lemon uh, i use lilit blanc and my favorite gin with a little splash of absinthe so the gin that I used for this recipe is Uncle Val's Botanical Gin. It's a really lovely cucumber forward gin as opposed to the juniper uh, traditional mm. gin. The cucumber is really nice because it's met with lavender, sage, and lemon. Oh, nice. It's botanical without being snotty, without being like too full of itself. Mm-hmm. But it smells like you're walking through a Mediterranean garden in summer. And it's oh. so summery and sweet and light. Um, that it reminds me that spring is coming in the in the depths of winter so it's a really lovely cocktail to have when you're in the having the winter dumps and you say okay is summer is spring ever going to get here because spring is my absolute favorite time Mm -hmm. the the whole world comes alive this last day or two of springy weather as me remembering oh yeah spring isn't that far away it's not (laughs) it's not so I fill the champagne saucer with ice to chill the glass and I start with my Cointreau. I do an ounce of Cointreau for abundance and affection into my cocktail shaker it goes. Then my, um, I, I get a nice healthy uh, lemon, uh, lemon and actually squeeze both halves. So I get about an ounce of lemon juice for calming clarity and it's a bl- uh, for that blessing into the shaker it goes with one ounce of Lilit Blanc because it's refreshing, balancing, and it, it reinforces connections to the people around you. And that gin, because it's protection of the mind, it's a purification plant, um, and gin itself is aura cleansing. Mm. So into the shaker it goes. And then I do a half ounce of absinthe. For this one, I did the uh, VU Carré is actually um, distilled out of Philadelphia. So they're local-ish. They are the very first 
company in the United States to be granted a permit to distill real absinthe after the, the, the ban was lifted. The real, real deal. It was banned for 92 years. And in 2010, the band was lifted and VU Carré started distilling their very own absinthe. So it's really beautiful. Um, it's not obnoxiously anise in the way some uh, more ex inexpensive brands have been. Mm -hmm. uh, it has a sweet tea finish. So you finish your, your drink and you exhale through your nose and you get the flavor of sweet tea on the back of your tongue. Oh, nice. It's really lovely. It's about $60 for a, a, the large bottle. And the bottles are so pretty that I actually turn them into lamps when they're empty. Just oh. get a little <laughs> string of uh, lights that is attached to a cork uh, from Amazon. He plugs into a USB to charge up. Uh, and they burn, it burns for a couple hours, but the, it's a square bottle with frosted green leaves all over it and it's just beautiful Ooh. so I, yeah I, I make them into little lamps when I'm when they're when they're empty <laughs> very nice very nice so put the lid on there give it a nice healthy shake I usually shake until frost forms on the exterior of the shaker mm -hmm. I'm going to remind myself that uh, that I am protected I am whole and I'm transcending anything that stands in my way as I'm shaking the the cocktail shaker and giving that nice little frost on it. And then I strain it into my champagne saucer after I discard the, the, the ice cubes that have been chilling with it. Mm -hmm. so I, as I'm pouring, I remind myself, you know, I'm whole, I am purified and I am transcending any of those boundaries. And I keep reminding myself of those things as I sip it, I, you know, enjoying my space around me, whether it be the, the flickering fire or even the, the light lamp that I've created from my absinthe bottle. Just reminding oh. myself that of my intention. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. It's very springy with that fresh lemon juice. The way that you described that made it sound amazing. <laughs> very decadent. <laughs> and you can I'm, find the recipe for that in Blackthorn's Botanical Magic. Wonderful. Or botanical Brews, I'm sorry. Botanical Brews, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's got a chapter on magical teas. It's got uh, how to make your own syrups in your own kitchen. Things like uh, how to make your own fruit syrups so that you can make your own sodas that are magical potions and still uh, control the amount of sugar that you're putting into your body. So there's a lot of fun things in botanical brews. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I, uh, as usual, put, will put all of these uh, up on our resources page for the listeners so they can find them easily. Do you have, a, would you like to do a card poll today? I would. So as I mentioned, I'm doing something from the uh, Deviant Moon Tarot by Patrick Valenza. He has a number of different Oracle decks uh, as well as tarot decks available for you. He's got a YouTube channel and you can check out some of the different styles that he works with and all that. Um, highly recommend. Uh, even if you're just looking to explore your, your tarot selection. So I'm going to draw a card. And oh, I got the fool. It's fantastic <laughs> uh, because it's a it's a dark figure in red and white striped pajamas being um, one foot is in the water and one foot is out. And he's actually being surrounded by fish who are joyously jumping out of the water. So unaware of his surroundings, the fool begins his journey by wandering into the canal. He has no experience with life and therefore has no fear of it. The beginning of the journey, innocence and young of a young person, folly, acting without thought and potential. So it definitely says that this is the time whenever you're hearing this, this podcast for to 
step forward into your life with open arms and without expectations because honestly you can't fear it if you have no experience of it there's mm-hmm. you can't say i'm afraid of it if you haven't even tried it so absolutely get out there embrace the spirit of the new year and try something new yeah what a what a perfect card pull for right now i know a lot of people don't like drawing the fool but i i love the new beginnings of the fool the the naivety and you know I think it's, I think it's fun and special and ready to learn. Fantastic. Very cool. Uh, well, do you have uh, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Um, your socials, uh, any upcoming events, anything like that you'd like to share? Absolutely. I definitely want people to remember, check out Sacred Space and check out Free Spirit Gathering. I'll be uh, presenting at both of those. Um, sacred space i'll be talking about uh, advanced self-care for pagans and leadership on friday Ooh. morning at 9 30 and then saturday morning at 9 30 i'm talking about creating our own magical intentions through perfume through scent mm-hmm. um, that i am actually secrets dropping um i'm getting ready to work on a contract for the sequel to black earth botanical magic <gasps> that's so exciting yes so <laughs> one of the first things i do is i always uh, I break out a two-hour lecture of the things that I'm going to talk about in the book and sort of helps me refine my thought process and what people want to know that I hadn't thought about it before. So it's mm-hmm. it's always the first step. So um, I'll do two different classes for Free Spirit Gathering. So those will be announced very soon. And I'm really excited to, to see. I've, I've been to the event space for a different event, but I have not been to FSG. Um, it's been around since... I was a, a teeny baby, which, you know, 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get to see the people that I know from outside there at this event and a more relaxed space. They That's have very, yeah, they've got bonfires that are bigger than my car. So oh. it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Fire tenders are very dedicated. Oh. Um, so you can find me hanging out on TikTok at Amy Blackthorn author underscores in between. You can find me all together as Amy Blackthorn Author on Instagram. And there's the Amy Blackthorn Author page on Facebook where I'm usually sharing ridiculous memes and uh, occasionally news of interest to pagans, which is another practitioners. I am really just loving being able to get together with people of like mind and, and share my experiences. So you can check out every one of my five currently available books the first 30 or so pages is available free to download because I want you to know that you want this before you buy it. That's Money wonderful. is tight all over. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that my voice is what you want to hear uh, talking in your ear. So if you want to check out Blackthorn's Protection Magic or Botanical Brews, whatever you want, you can check out amyblackthorn.com and download those the beginnings of those books for free. Have it, love, love it. You can check it out. You can also order autographed copies of my books at blackthornsbotanicals.com or my tea shop lives. You can search for autograph and, and find all five books or you can sort of meander about. There's tarot teas in a theme. There's ast- astrologically themed teas. There's deities. Uh, there's uh, traditional witchcraft materials. Uh, there are actually classes you can purchase for download. So a two-hour class on candle magic or um, working with crystals in your spellcraft uh, right there and in there. Wonderful. And I definitely recommend uh, Amy's teas. They're 
phenomenal. And I, I have a list now that I'm going to go order <laughs> just from talking to you. Yay. And there's, there's a number of places that, you know, you can find them in your local stores. And if they don't already carry them, feel free to reach out and let them know that you'd like to purchase them. I, I love working with wholesale accounts because it's new people that I haven't met yet. They mm-hmm. can, they wind up purchasing my books. Uh, I want to get to know my, my local press. Shops. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I have uh, I have five in Fredericksburg that I will go chit chat with. Yes, <laughs> I cannot believe that Fredericksburg, Virginia, has five Metaphys stores, but they do. That's amazing. I know. Crazy, crazy. Hey, next time you get to Newark, we'll go to Find Your Harmony, and I'll introduce you to Terry. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, Amy, thank you so so much uh, for well bearing with the nonsense we we had at the beginning of this and uh, staring at a black screen this whole time because for some reason my camera's not working. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mercury. Um, I'm so glad that I finally got you on the podcast and I'm really, really excited to share this episode with- This just my made my listeners. whole week. You have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm really excited and I am. I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to email you and let you know. When I'm going to be at the, at the Celtic festival and I'm going to look into those other things so that we can, we can hang out. Hey, one of the biggest Celtic festivals in the country has been in Fair Hill for a very long time. So I once Uh, saw uh, Amazing Grace with pipe and drum bands from um, 50 different regions. It was probably 300 pipes and drums doing Amazing Grace. And you don't cry. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, my dude. <laughs> every time, every time. Every Actually, time. Um, I had them. My sister passed away this past year, and I had my, 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 my dudes that I, you know, know from every year. I was mm-hmm. like, "Can you guys please play Amazing Grace for me?" And it just gets me, gets me every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah, it's great. If you don't feel something at the pipes and drums, yeah. Oh. You have no soul. Somebody stole your soul. Agreed. Go see Amy so she can help you get your soul back. (laughs) All right. Wonderful. Well, uh, thanks again. And I look forward to your new book, uh, the the, um, sequel to Blackthorn's Botanical Magic. Is it, it's that one or Botanical Bruise? Botanical Magic. Okay. Yes. I'm very excited about that. I've wanted um, to write a sequel to that since I stopped writing that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. We will all look forward to it. And uh, I hope to have you on again. That'd be great. I'd love that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts.